interested in learning about wine, but not sure where to start? You're in the right place. Welcome to the Cork and Fizz Guide to Wine podcast. I'm your host, Haley Bullman, and I'm so glad you're here. I'm a wine enthusiast turned wine educator and founder of the Seattle-based wine tasting business, Cork and Fizz. It is my goal to build your confidence in wine by making it approachable and lots of fun. You can expect to learn everything from how to describe your favorite wine to what to pair with dinner tonight and so much more. Whether you're a casual wine sipper or a total cork dork like myself, this podcast is for you. So grab yourself a glass and let's dive in. I'm very excited for today's episode. We are going to be talking about ordering wine at a restaurant, and I'm going to be giving you my best tips because I know how overwhelming it can be when you sit down to have dinner and you're like, okay, I'm going to go for a nice glass of wine or maybe even go for a bottle and they hand you the wine list and it is multiple pages long and it feels like it's in a different language. Well, the thing is, it is. Wine is made in multiple different languages, and they're all based off their region, which is, you know, in French and Italian and Greek and German, and it's okay that it's confusing, but I am here to help you. So before we get into it, I want to share a quick reminder. If you are not on my mailing list yet, I would love for you to join. When you join, you will get a free shopping guide that has 15 of my favorite wines under $15. Just head to corkandfizz.com, scroll down to the bottom, and there'll be a little section where you can join the mailing list. I send out a weekly newsletter filled with wine tips and recommendations, special offers for me, and so much more. And of course, be sure to check out my virtual tasting club, The Cork Crew. It's your opportunity to taste wine with me from the comfort of your own home. So if you enjoy listening to me and think it'd be super cool to come taste wine with me, join the club. We get together twice a month, once to try new wines, and then once to learn from other people in the wine world like winemakers, sommeliers, authors, and so much more. Want to give it a try without the commitment? You are in luck. Right now, I'm offering a free class pass to anybody who wants to try out the court crew. With this pass, you'll be able to join a court crew event of your choosing no strings attached. You do not have to put a credit card in. You do not have to make an account. You will be my guest. All I need is your email and you will get that class pass. So simply head to corkandfizz.com slash free class pass to get your free class pass. All right, let's get into this episode. Now, let's start with going over some of the basics of a restaurant wine list you'll essentially find two sections of the wine list. The first is the by the glass, also called BTG in the wine world. And the second is the bottle list or by the bottle. Let's start with just the by the glass list. This is usually much smaller and this tends to be the most popular wines and wines that go best with the food being served. Now, of course, you will pay a little bit more for likely lower cost wine because the restaurant occasionally has to throw out some of this wine at the end of the day. These are the wines that they serve you just a glass. You don't have to buy a full bottle. Thus, they do have to make up for it by pricing the glass a little higher. So what's interesting is it's common for 80% of buy the glass sales for a restaurant being made up of just 20% of the wine. And that usually means just one of the wines on the list tends to sell the most. 
This wine is typically marked up. They'll make the most money off of this one, so they're going to mark it up a little higher. It is also often the most well-known wine or the one that people are most familiar with. Oftentimes, it's the Chardonnay or the Sauvignon Blanc versus a lesser-known wine, and this is often selected as a personal favorite of the wine director or the sommelier to be on the the buy-the-glass list. This one will be typically priced a bit lower because I don't expect to make as many sales on this glass. That is the one I recommend trying. If you can find the more unique-sounding by-the-glass wine, that could be one that's worth a try. Another thing to keep in mind, if you find that your group is going to order at least three glasses of wine and you are all okay with drinking the same wine, you're actually better off going for a bottle. There is more variety on the bottle list simply because there are more options to choose from, and you get a better deal. Typically, a bottle of wine costs about three glasses of wine in the restaurant. So now let's talk a little bit about the bottle list. The bottle list is a little more intimidating, But we'll talk first by, let's talk about how it can be organized. So there are three common ways that you will find a wine list, the bottle list, organized at a restaurant. The first is by place of origin. So where does the wine come from? Is it a French wine, Italian wine from the U.S., so on. This is kind of the classic way of organizing wine. This worked in the past where wine came from just a few classic wine regions, But now it can be a bit overwhelming when wine comes from all over the world. It can also be hard for guests that are unfamiliar with wine to know what wine they're ordering if it's only labeled by region, right? If you do not study wine in your free time, it might be hard for you to know that a burgundy, if it's a red burgundy, means it's a Pinot Noir. Seeing red burgundy on the list doesn't tell you very much. Whereas, you know, if you are somebody who studies wine, you're like, oh, great, okay, that's a Pinot Noir. Another way to organize your list other than place of origin is by the grape variety. This kind of follows the more modern preference for selecting wine by the grape, and this can make guests feel more comfortable. But some grapes produce wildly different styles of wine. So let's take, for example, a Chablis, which is a French Chardonnay from northern Burgundy, and a Napa Chardonnay. So these are both made with Chardonnay. They are going to differ significantly in their acidity levels. A Chablis honestly tastes more like a Sauvignon Blanc. They're also going to differ in their body. Again, a Napa Chardonnay is going to be big and bold and full-bodied, whereas the Chablis is going to be very light and bright. And then also aging regimens. So the Napa Chardonnay could be, you know, only two years old versus that Chablis. The longer it ages, the better it gets. The other question, what about blends? What if you have a wine that's made with more than one grape? How do you put that on your list? And what if you have a single wine that exists for a variety? So like you probably have a large section of maybe, you know, there's like 10 Cabernet Sauvignons, there's 10 Chardonnays, there's eight Merlots, but then you come across a wine like Albarino. Maybe the restaurant has a single Albarino, Do you make a separate section for it or do you put it under another section? So Purple Wine Bar and Cafe in Seattle, Washington is actually organized by grape variety. But each section starts with an intro and then there are little kind of like written blurbs all over the list to explain things. So the wine director, Chris Horn, he relies on kind of creative and clever descriptions to sell the wines that otherwise might get passed over. So I think he kind of takes care of the whole like, well, a Chablis is so different than a Napa Chardonnay, 
because he writes a little thing about it and tells you about it, which anytime you can add wine education in and make it easier for somebody to choose from a wine list, I absolutely love it. Now, the last way, which is actually, I think, my favorite way and what I would lean towards for organizing a wine list, not that I'll probably ever do that in my lifetime, but hey, this is the way that I like and I think is the best way, is by theme. So this strategy is popular for places that have a larger by the glass menu and shorter wine lists. The advantage of structuring a list in this way is that guests can find wines they've enjoyed before and then find something that's similar. So this is actually super similar, or at least it's kind of like the same idea that is behind how I recommend finding new wines that you'll enjoy, right? I've always talked about like, okay, when we're doing a full wine tasting, when you're doing a private tasting with me or when you're in the court crew with me tasting, I always ask you at the end of the tasting, did you like it? And what was it that you liked about it, right? So let's say you taste a Sauvignon Blanc and you love it. You love that it has high acidity. It's bright. It has these herbal notes to it. But then it's like, okay, how do you take that information and find another wine that you like? Well, you look for wines that have similar tasting notes, potentially, you know, find another Sauvignon Blanc or find another wine from that region. And the best way when they make a wine list like this, where it's by a theme, they might have a section that is simply like bright and acidic wines. And then you'd find Sauvignon Blanc under there. And then you would see the other options that you can try that are similar. I just think this is such a great way to encourage people to try new wines while being like confident that they're going to like it because they found something else under that category. So one of the ways that they do this is by body or weight. So this is where you'll find like wines that are sectioned off by like light bodied, medium bodied, full bodied. And this is also a really great way to organize a wine list if you're at a restaurant that there are not a lot of sommeliers working. It makes it easier for the wait staff to navigate the list so they can help you when you're choosing something. There are also some that are grouped by specific characteristics. That's what I was talking about where they're like, maybe they might have a section that's light and bright. Actually, Vino Volo, which are the wine bars that you'd find in airports, do this style of wine list where they have each, you know, kind of section. I think, I'm trying to remember, I was there a couple weeks ago, and I think they have a section that's like, you know, Cabernet Kings, and those are like, or California Kings, and I think they're like big Cabernets. But they also had a section that was like new and unique, and they had a section that was like, uh, I'm not remembering them, but you know what I mean? Like they, they categorize it by a specific characteristic of the wine, which makes it easier for you to choose something you might like that's a little different. Okay, so those are the ways that a wine list may be organized, so the, especially by the bottle, if anything. So you have by the region, so this is where the wine is from. You have by the grape variety, and then you have by style. So when you're looking at a bottle list, a great thing to do is first figure out how it's organized so then it's easier to read it. Do you ever find yourself standing in front of the wine aisle at the grocery store feeling completely lost and overwhelmed? Don't worry, you're not alone. But what if I told you that I have a way to transform the wine aisle from overwhelming into an endless sea of joy and discovery? And it involves drinking wine and joining the most welcoming and fun community. In my Court Crew Virtual Tasting Club, we're all about exploring new and exciting wines in a fun and supportive community. No more feeling intimidated or stuck in a rut of buying the same bottle of wine. Each month, we explore two new wines so you can broaden your palate and explore new flavors. 
Not only will we taste these wines together, but we'll learn about where the wines come from, essentially traveling the world all through the wine in our glass. Come join the Cork Crew and you'll have the opportunity to taste new wines, meet winemakers and other wine professionals, and connect with like-minded wine lovers from all over the world. Imagine the joy of discovering a new favorite wine and being able to confidently choose a bottle that you know you'll love. So why not join us? Head to my website at corkandfizz.com slash thecorkcrew to sign up. And don't forget to use code WINE101 to get your first month free. And now, back to the show. Now, my next thing I'm going to talk to you about are the sommeliers. Now, sommeliers are wine waiters whose job is to help you order wine. These people are total wine nerds, just like me. They love talking about wine and serving people. That's the one difference. You'll notice I am not a sommelier, as in I don't think I'll ever work in a restaurant again in my life. But the people who are sommeliers, they both love wine and they love having like giving you the best possible experience ever like these smallies they've gone through rigorous training and they have chosen to serve folks in a restaurant setting where they often don't get the respect they deserve so they love people and they love wine don't be intimidated by them okay think of them like a version of me ask them questions get them talking i promise they will love it of course they want you to buy wine It helps the restaurant and it is their job, but more importantly, they want you to enjoy the wine you buy. So don't think of them as somebody who's like trying to get you to buy the most expensive wine on the list. They are trying to get you to buy the wine that you would like the most. Now, in terms of pricing, don't compare the price of wine at a restaurant versus what you'd find online. And why? Well, restaurants provide a service for you. They store the bottles, they curate the wine list, and they talk about the wine. It's just like how you pay more for a chef-cooked prime rib over a prime rib at your local butcher. So just to kind of continue on with this. So basically I'm saying, yes, wines at restaurants are far more expensive than the wines you'd buy online, but there's a reason behind it. So let's do the math. Most restaurants sell bottles of wine for anywhere between like three and four times what they pay for them wholesale. And this tends to be about double what you'd pay at a liquor store. So the wholesale gets them a little cheaper, but they're going to upcharge that three to four times. So let's say a restaurant buys a bottle for $15 from their wholesaler. And the same bottle is usually about $30 at your local bottle shop. They charge you $50 for it. So how much of that $35, remember they paid $15. So how much that $35 is profit? Likely only about 10%. So part of the money has to go to rent, staffing, and even like the HVAC that keeps the wine cellar at a tolerable temperature. So when you are buying wine from a restaurant, you are paying for more than just the wine itself. You are paying for that experience and to enjoy it in a nice place. All right, now here are your tips when you go to wine. So we've talked about how the wine list is organized and we've talked about why it is more expensive to buy a bottle at a restaurant, but it's still worth trying those wines. The other thing I'll say too, super quick, just on the price of wines at a restaurant. One of the other reasons is a lot of times you can find wine at a restaurant that you wouldn't find anywhere else. Some places only sell their wines to restaurants or you can find wines that have been aging for a little bit of time that you wouldn't be able to try at home because you'd have to wait another 10 years, right, to have it age. So 
restaurants, it is still worth buying even though they are a little more expensive. Now, in terms of choosing which wine to buy, here are my tips. So tip number one, be willing to try something new. Get out of your comfort zone. A wine list gives you the opportunity to try something totally new without any of the danger. It is very unlikely that you'll absolutely hate the wine that you choose, especially if you talk to the sommelier and they help you find something. But I mean, like, how often do you get to try a unique bottle of wine from the mountains of Switzerland made by a sixth-generation winemaker who only makes six cases of wine a year? Not often, right? You gotta take advantage of this. So go into it with that same attitude that you go into trying new foods. It's a chance to explore something new and appreciate someone's talent. Okay, so now that we have the right mindset that we're walking into this, my next tip, if there's a small E at the restaurant or just folks that seem to know the wine list, ask for help. And here are some of the things that you are going to tell them. First, tell them the kinds of wines that you really like. So you could either share a bottle of wine that you recently enjoyed. So, and again, no judgment here. Don't like worry that they're going to like care what you last drank. So if it's the Snoop Dogg Red, you say, I really love the Snoop Dogg Red that I drank the other day. They'll know what you're talking about. Or you can just share things that you like in wine and don't worry about having the best words to say it. If you say a dry, fruity wine that is kind of sweet, but not too sweet and isn't too tart, don't worry. They'll know what you're talking about. So you're going to say the kinds of wines that you like. You can also say the kinds of wine or things in wine that you really don't like. So same thing as before. Either list a, say, a specific bottle or say something about the wine that you don't like. So like, for example, you might say, I don't like white wines that are so acidic. It makes like my mouth pucker and I just, ugh. You know, like we will get what you're saying. The small you will know what you're saying. So kinds of wines you like, kinds of wine you don't like. Then say the food that you're planning to order. This will help them better pair your wine with your food so you don't have to worry about it. It's literally built in. They'll do that for you. And finally, very, very important, share your price point. My preference is to be straightforward. I'll just say, I'd like to stay under $120 for the bottle. You can also, if you're a little uncomfortable saying it out loud, you can also point to a bottle on the list that is in your price point and say, I'd like a bottle around this price. Avoid saying things like, not too much or a reasonably priced bottle because those things mean different things to different people and the sommelier will have a hard time finding your price point. Now, if you don't share your price point, many sommeliers will share recommendations at different price points and this is to help them narrow it down. Now, you can avoid all this by simply saying your price point in the beginning, but if they do, again, know that they're not trying to price gouge you. They're not trying to get you to spend more or calling you cheap. They're just trying to figure out what your price point is. But again, you can avoid all this, just say it in the beginning. So an example of something I might say when I go out to eat at a restaurant, let's say I'm out to eat and I say, I'm looking for a wine to try tonight. I'm going to order the baked chicken and my husband is getting the shrimp scampi. We really enjoy wines that are kind of earthy, but a good fruit note to them. I had a Mouved the other day that was really lovely from California, really liked that. And I don't like wines that have too much of that like dry feeling, like my mouth is super dried out, like the tannin, not a fan of that. My price point is about, I'd like to stay probably under $100 if I can. What recommendations do you have? Simple as that. Just say what you like, what you don't like. 
the food you're ordering, and your price point, and they will find some great options for you. And if you say all this, and then the sommelier says something that you don't understand, ask them questions, okay? They might say something like, okay, well, I'd recommend this wine. It's light-bodied and aromatic, very expressive. And if that means nothing to you, ask them to explain. Just say, oh, what do you mean by aromatic? Or what do you mean by expressive? What kind of flavors could I expect? Or something along those lines. You know, they're just, they they want you to enjoy the wine. And sometimes in the wine world, we just get so used to speaking a certain language that it just takes reminding us that, hey, I don't know what that word means for us to be able to speak to you in a language that you understand. Okay, that was tip number two, ask for help. (laughs) Now, tip number three, if there isn't a sommelier, look for something familiar but different. So, for example, if you enjoy Washington Merlot, maybe try a different Washington red wine like Syrah or Cabernet Sauvignon. Or you could look for a Merlot from a different region like France, Australia, California, or Italy. This is where knowing how the wine list is organized will be very helpful. And tip number four, I was going to say last tip, but I actually have five tips. So this is tip number four. Ask to try a sip of wine or two that is offered by the glass. Now, this only works if it is offered by the glass. Nobody's going to open you a bottle of wine to try a sip of, okay? And sometimes they might not let you do this by the glass either. So it's it's up to you if you want to ask. But since they have the bottles already open for by the glass offerings, if you ask nicely, the waiter might pour you a small sip of wine so you can try it before you order a full glass. Funny enough, I actually did this recently at a bar, but with a type of cider. I ordered it and she was like, oh, have you ever tried that before? And I was like, no, but it sounds good. And she's like, oh, well, it is unique. So let me give you a taste before you get the whole glass. So this is a pretty common thing that that happens. I ended up loving it. It was wonderful. And again, this would be a perfect time to try something less familiar on that by the glass list because you're getting to have a little taste of it. Okay, finally, this is my this is actually my last tip, tip number five. Go for a wine that fits the style of the restaurant. So use context clues to choose the best wine. If you're in an Italian restaurant, I'm going to bet the Italian wine will go best with your meal, right? <laughs> like, what do they have the most of on the menu? What does it seem like they specialize in? You know, they know what they're doing when they created that wine list, right? They wanted it to go with the food. So, you know, if you're in an Italian restaurant and they've got like 50 Italian wines and two California wines, I, I, would, I would lean towards one of the Italian ones, you know? Uh, if you're in a French restaurant, you know, go for the French wine. It's, it's in Greek restaurant, right? That's what I go for, like... There are so many Greek wines. I know probably like five of them. There are over 50 probably. So whenever I'm in a Greek restaurant, I kind of just lean on trying something new that is Greek because I'm like, they, they got to go together, right? And, and worst comes to worst, it's not perfect, but you still enjoy it. So again, go for a wine that fits the style of the restaurant. Okay, so just super quick in review, your five tips for ordering wine at a restaurant. One, go into it with an adventurous mindset. Be willing to try something new. Number two, ask for help. Tell them the kind of wine you like, the kind of wine you don't like, the food you're eating, and your price point. And they can help you find, they being the sommeliers, can help you find a great bottle of wine. Tip number three, if you don't have a sommelier, look for something familiar but different on the menu. Tip number four, ask to try a sip of wine, as long as it's offered by the glass. They might say no, but they might say yes. 
Tip number five, go for a wine that fits the style of the restaurant. If you're in an Italian restaurant, try an Italian wine. Hopefully these tips will help you feel more confident when ordering wine at a restaurant. And again, the biggest thing is to remember to just have fun. We don't stress this much about trying new foods, so don't stress that much about trying new wines. It's totally fine. Do you have other questions about ordering wine at a restaurant? Message me on Instagram at corkandfizz or email me, Haley at corkandfizz.com, and I will get back to you. All right. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Cork and Fizz Guide to Wine podcast. If you loved it as much as I did, I would love it if you could take a quick second to rate it and leave a review and be sure to share it with a friend who wants some help ordering wine at a restaurant. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. I release new episodes every Wednesday. In next week's episode, we will be talking to the husband and wife team behind the Storm Cellar. Jamie Henderson and Steve Sees are the founders and winemakers of the Storm Cellar in the state of Colorado. Storm Cellar is a boutique winery. It's located in Hotchkiss, Colorado, and it specializes in high-quality aromatic white and rosé wines. Join me as we talk about what it's like making wine in Colorado, a place that you would never really think of when it comes to wine, and everything that they are planning on doing to bring Colorado to the spotlight. I can't wait for you to listen to this episode. Thanks again for listening. And as a thank you, I'd like to share my free shopping guide, 15 wines under $15. Simply head to my website, corkandfizz.com, scroll down to the bottom and join my mailing list. Cheers.